0: Matthew chapter 9 this morning, trying to think of what to preach on old-fashioned day. And when you've done 25 of them, and uh, you're going into the next 25. You didn't catch that, going into the next 25. You didn't get it. (laughs) Some of you still don't get it. All right. You're trying to think of something fresh, new, you know, and... uh, Different approach to old fashioned day and so forth, uh, come up with a, a text that we've looked at many, many times, but it's sure a good one. Matthew chapter 9. I want to preach today on the harvest. On the harvest. Matthew chapter 9, we're taking a look at verse 36, 37, and 38, and we'll get going here. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad, as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray you therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will grant forth laborers into his harvest. Father, thank you. Or Old-Fashioned Sunday and the emphasis of it. And I pray, Lord, that you'd search our hearts today and also speak to us, uh, Lord, about souls. Uh, Lord, you love souls and help us to have that same love. And, Lord, we do know that uh, in order to get a harvest, there's got to be some labor. And, Lord, you said you'd send forth some laborers into the field And I pray we'd all desire to be laborers together with you in this endeavor. Now speak to us today from thy word, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, When you think of um, harvest, you think of farmers. Obviously, I didn't wear this outfit today because of that, but um, old farming days, getting out there. I did pastor in Indiana for six and a half years prior to coming here. And we lived in a rural area where we had farmers in the church. And I got to observe farmers' ways and the hard work of farmers. And uh, I'll say a few things about that today. But when I think of the harvest, I think of a number of things. I think of mouth-watering corn on the cob. We just came through that season. There's There's a little vegetable stand not far from the church. I go there every year. And we've had a lot of corn on the cob. And uh, boy, tomatoes, I eat so many tomatoes, I get, I get sores from eating those tomatoes. I just, I love those big tomatoes. You cut them, slice them about that thick, and you toast the bread and you butter it up good, and then you put mayonnaise on that, and put the tomatoes in their proper order, salt and pepper it, and slice it in half. Yeah, amen. And that's some good eating, tomato sandwiches, I love them. And uh, you think about uh, green beans, my wife made several pots of those, put some bacon in there and oh my goodness, and fried green tomatoes and she made zucchini bread the other day. We got a bunch of zucchinis given to us and I tell you what, you put sugar and stuff in zucchini and it tastes just like banana bread or anything else, you know. It's just very good. And strawberries and, and shortcake and ice cream on top of that and, and fried potatoes, blueberries and watermelons and cantaloupes and peaches, pie. Man, y'all ready to go on a picnic? I'm ready to go on a picnic, hey amen. That's good eating. I better get preaching or we're all going to leave before the mess is over. But anyway, that's what you think about when the harvest comes in, all that good stuff. It's the season of apples, um, it's pumpkins and spiced donuts and cider. We've been, I haven't been to the cider mill yet. Good, you, you have too. My wife got an apple pie the other day from Parmenter's. She brought a whole pie home. It's gone. It's gone. I think it was gone that day. Oh my goodness. Harvest time it is just so wonderful. All that comes in. But you know you're never going to have a harvest unless you keep the rules that God has regarding the harvest. Now I'm going to talk to you about a spiritual harvest. But the same principle according to the Word of God. Matter of fact, God uses an illustration of spiritual things. First thing, you can have no harvest without proper sowing. If you don't sow, you're not going to reap a harvest. Go to the book of Galatians, if you would, book of Galatians, Paul speaks much about this to the New Testament church. And again, he's speaking of souls. But he uses a common illustration. our, Our Lord Jesus was a wonderful preacher and teacher, and he used great illustrations. And he his illustrations were so that everybody could get it, everybody understood it. And he'd use different things in, in the community where people's mind would go right to that and they'd understand it thoroughly. And he, he would use farming, he would use the harvest, he would use uh, things that people would readily understand. So Paul picks that up, letter of the Holy Spirit, and he says in Galatians 6 and verse 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. We all want to reap. I enjoy the, the reaping of a harvest. I just mentioned all those wonderful things come out of harvest time. Well, spiritually speaking, I enjoy the wonderful things that God brings at that time too. But there's got to be a sowing before there can be a reaping. There's got to be some labor put in. Uh, before you benefit from that labor. Um, I don't know how many of you, i I put up gardens before, I haven't recently, that's why I go to this little uh, place around the corner, but you put all that labor in your garden. What, the thing about the harvest is you got to sow that garden before you reap anything from it. Uh, it. That's just the law of the harvest according to the Word of God. Everything rises and falls on the harvest. If you want to gain something out of life, you've got to put the work into it. Now spiritually speaking, the future of the church, any church, our church, depends on the harvest. And you know we want to reap a harvest. We've been, we've, been, um, we've been doing the GROW program this year. And we came out of the gate with that GROW program and I mean there's all kinds of people coming to that GROW program. But I tell you what happens, it happens to any program that you come up with, it just gets less and less and less. And so you reap a harvest, but then it gets less and less and less. Because we're not willing to put the labor in and get in the field and stay in the field to reap a harvest. Um, Someone said the other day, I was listening to a preacher and he made this statement, I wrote it down here, we're one generation away from not being here. He was speaking to his own church. I've known some good churches, they're not even around anymore. And I've known some great churches that they're not anything what they used to be. I'm talking about, when I went to Bible college, the student body at that time was 5,000. My graduating class was over 2,000. And today there's no church. Now folks, I might look real old, but I'm not that old. And it happened fast. We got a good church, but you got to sow, church. We got to work, got to labor, we got to keep at it. And we sit on our laurels, we're going we're to lose. So I want to challenge us today of the harvest. You got loved ones you want to see saved? Well, then it's work. It's prayer, it's fasting, it's labor, it's, it's weeping, it's, it's living the Christian life, it's being a good example, it's putting up with their rebukes. It's it's broken heart sometimes. It's disappointment sometimes. But you just stay at it. You stay at it. You stay at it. You're not going to reap unless you sow. That's true in every ministry we have here at Parkview and Forest. Uh, church not all that big. We have a lot of ministries. And I thank God for it because that gives people a place to serve. And out of those many ministries, they all produce some. And therefore we reap a harvest. Uh, but it's, it's labor intense. Think about it today, your own self. How much labor are you putting in the spiritual harvest of this church? Maybe you were once a laborer here, but now you're just kind of a attender here. Well, we need you. We all need to be in the field sowing that we might reap a harvest. We got the grow program, tracks, uh, door knocking, door hangers, Inviting people to church, Sunday school program, we've had this last month. Some may think, well, what good does that do? It does good if we work the program, if we labor in it. Church big days, this is old-fashioned Sunday. Is it that important? Yes. Friends Sunday, is it important? Yes. Grandparents Sunday, is it important? Absolutely. Mission conference, is that important? Absolutely. Mission conference is the most important meeting we have all year, folks. Because we're talking about souls. We take on missionaries and they go to the foreign field, and the labor they do, we have a hand in that. Amen. You may not think you're doing a whole lot, but listen out of the 78, 79, 80 missionaries that we're currently supporting, they're all doing their work, and we have a hand in that. We're talking about hundreds of people affected for the gospel of Jesus Christ. But you have to sow. In order to reap. Men and ladies meetings. You know the ladies are getting ready to go on their fall retreat. and They love to go on the fall retreat. And my wife loves to take them. This, my wife gets so excited about this trip every year. She really does. And she's got a part in this. You, you're going to love what she's got for you. There's a surprise this year ladies. And you're going to absolutely love it. But I noticed on the side bulletin board, there's about 40 names, maybe over 40 names of the ladies going on that retreat. Now, she does that to enjoy Christian fellowship with the ladies and for you to get to know one another and love one another, amen, and you have a devotional life and just spend good Christian fellowship one with another. And it always kicks off the season of the ladies' Bible fellowship where you come every month and get instructed from God's word. There's some good work going on in those ladies' meetings, It helps our homes, it helps our families, it helps our marriages. So I want to encourage you, ladies, go to them. Get get you a a book that Mrs. Brown will have for you and get in the Word of God for yourself, for your family, for your husband, for your children. God will build you up. And then I notice there's a list for the men's first meeting. It's got like six people going. It's probably more. Some guys would say, I'd go too if I could go where the ladies are going, I mean they're going to a nice hotel and nice meals and all that and we're going to a rustic campground with a can of pork and beans. (laughs) You're missing it guys. It's about Jeremiah's devotion that night. That's. It's getting together and having Christian fellowship, taking those young boys. But what, what is that? Why do we have men's and ladies' meetings? Just to have men's and ladies' meetings? No, for the word of God to go forth, for instruction, for Christian fellowship. We pray and we fellowship one with another. Questions are asked and, and statements are made to, to lift up the brethren. It's important. So I say to the men, well, we meet once a month, come to the men's meetings. Aaron and Katie put out a wonderful meal for us. But then we have one of the men of the church breaking the word of God, bread of life, just a thought, and that helps us. The golf outing we just had, the sportsman's banquet, tent meeting, revivals, Bible conferences, mission I mean, we got all this stuff going on. Why? That the word of God goes forth. Because if you don't labor, if you don't sow, you can't reap. So we have these things. The Bible says, be not weary in well-doing, for in due season ye shall reap if you faint not. So the question I have today, am I sowing? Are you sowing? Are we helping for the harvest? We're in these last days, these dark days, these wicked days. And uh, we want to reap a harvest of souls for the Lord. Listen to what God's word says, Revelation 14. For through 16. And I looked and behold a white cloud and upon a cloud one sat like unto the son of man having on his head a golden crown and in his hand a sharp sickle. Another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud thrust in thy sickle and reap for the time has come for thee to reap for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud thrust his sickle on the earth and the earth was reaped. There's coming a reaping time. There's coming a judgment time for every believer. And the scriptures telling us there's a there's a harvest and there's gonna be a day that we all stand before the Lord. The psalmist said in Psalm 126, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing bringing his sheaves with us. I just talked about Early, I mean, when all that good food comes in and you take it and you, you, uh, you put it with this and that, I mean, it's a wonderful feasting. Well, there's coming a day where we'll stand before God and there'll be a, a reaping of what has been done. Life is so short. We don't know what tomorrow holds, let alone next month, next year. For years... We start New Year's with a theme for the church every year. You never know who will be taken from among us in that year's time. You may have all your plans, but listen, what are you doing for the Lord? There's a day we'll meet our Lord and give an account of ourselves for the labor that we did. We sow in tears means that we reap over uh, those that we care about. So I asked you a question today on harvest Sunday, old-fashioned Sunday on the harvest, where are the tears that we once shed? What happened to our burden that we once had? How is our prayer life? This is all what we put in in order to sow and reap. Amen? Here's what we need. We need God to move. Oh, to see God move again in our churches. Oh, listen, we gotta see God move in our lives to see God move in our churches. Um, Not just go through the motions. You know, sometimes I think we go through the motions. There's nothing wrong with planning days. We have special days. Every year, I mean, my wife and I, uh, I just come up with a list of the last quarter. She typed it out, we sent a letter to you. How many got your letter already? Did she get it yet? No, they haven't got it yet? When did you mail those? Yesterday? It's hard to get them. This week, you're getting a letter. (laughs) And it's the last quarter. Can you believe it's the last quarter? (sighs) But let me ask you, what have we got done in the first three quarters, right? What have we got done? In your own life, what has been accomplished this year? Another harvest has come. Before you know it, you know what, we'll be celebrating another old-fashioned Sunday next year. Before we know it, yes, sir. and we'll ask her, what did we get accomplished that year? What's been accomplished in your marriage? Out of this crowd here, I know there's some marriages that are in trouble. Sometimes you don't even know it, but it's happening. Lack of communication. Not being sensitive to one another's needs. Us men need to man up. And be the men God intends us to be. Well if she would be what No, no, no. You got it all wrong friend. You be the man God wants you to be. See that's what's important about this. These, these men's meetings and going to church and Sunday school. It's to build you up sir. In your faith to be the man of God your home needs. You know, I know this about pastoring. If, if, if a man will be everything he's supposed to be in the home, that wife will follow. A lot of times they don't. Very rare. And we want. well, my wife won't do this and my wife won't do that. Well, quit focusing on her and build yourself up in your most holy faith. And I promise you, sir, you invest, you labor, you pray, you cry, you fast, you get along with God, you will reap a better home life. Ma'am, what is your job? I said in Sunday school this morning, my wife has always backed me up. She's always supported me. And I've made some pretty bonehead decisions. But you know what? She followed me. And she advised me. There's no doubt about that, and a godly woman will. Read your Bible, Proverbs 31, but you know you're not going to reap a wonderful home life and a wonderful marriage without laboring and sowing, it's what you put in it. We all want our kids to grow up and really do wonderful things for God, but what are you doing with them right now to make them wonderful Christians that'll love God? Or are we just going through the motions? Like we have these special days at church. We have Friend Day. We have Old Fashion Day. We all these special days. They're great. They build us up. They encourage us. They motivate us to get visitors to come. All that. But you know, it can be just a day of just going through the motions. But are we investing in them? Second Corinthians nine six, the Apostle Paul. I say, and he that soweth sparingly shall also shall reap also sparingly. And he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly or necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency and all things, may abound to every good work. Why do we give? You got that little skid up there. Why do we give? So other people can see us drop the envelope. So we get the benefit of it. Why do we give? We give that God may be glorified. We give that we might see God's work abound. Oh, we, we all want to hear about the great stories of the missionaries and what they're accomplishing on the foreign field. But let me ask you a question. Are you helping in that endeavor? What about the fellows that fail? Maybe they didn't make it because they didn't get the support that was needed. I'm thinking of Andy over there the last few days. I don't have anybody heard from him yet? Finally, several days nobody knew over there in Puerto Rico. Those storms came through, Maria came through and they couldn't communicate. They didn't have any phones, didn't have any electricity. The last storm that came through there, uh, what three weeks ago or so, knocked all the power out and. Andy was looking forward to the generator come in. I told Jeremiah the other day, he ain't getting that generator. Not with Maria coming in. Somebody else got that generator. You can count on that. He didn't get the generator, did he? Okay. Better check on that fact. They're over there trying to carve out a work for God. That's so most difficult. Has anybody even prayed for him? Been a little bit concerned outside of their family. Amen. You see, there's no reaping until you sow. Amen. And then you reap what you sow. That's a word of warning and encouragement from God's word. In Galatians chapter 9, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of his flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. What is God doing? He's blending the natural in with the spiritual. Talking about our flesh. Hey, listen, listen don't trust your flesh. The Bible says, have no confidence in the flesh. I don't care how long your flesh has been saved. Amen. Your flesh will rise up within you. And when we sow to the flesh, we're going to reap to the flesh. Same principle as in the house of God. If you've got a bunch of fleshly, carnal Christians, then don't, depend, don't expect the church to be doing much for God. You know, back in the old-fashioned day, this old-fashioned Sunday, preachers would just get up and, man, those leather-lung preachers would preach, and they'd yell, and they'd scream, and they'd spit, and they'd holler, and you know what God's people did? They amen them. Man, they said preacher was on today, and if he didn't do it the next time, you know, I pastored in Indiana, and I pastored a bunch of folks from Kentucky. Now, I don't know about all Kentucky, but these folks were from Floyd County, Kentucky. You know, they were used to going to churches there in Kentucky and they came to Indiana to work the the uh, foundries and uh, they got this young preacher. Now I was young back then, I had black hair, I was skinny like Brother Mike Poole said the other day. And I went there and I preached and one, one fellow told me, Barclay Moore, he was my fishing buddy, Barclay said, you know preacher, he said, when I, I was a little boy I went to church and we'd go to these churches and have these all day meetings and he said the preachers preached. But he said it was un, unusual in those churches. The preacher would get at it, and if he didn't get at it good enough, they'd sing him down. I said, what do you mean sing him down? He said, you've never been sung down? I said, no. He said, when you weren't getting at it, everybody starts singing. That meant sit down, you're not doing a good enough job. And they get another preacher. Now don't you folks start singing on me. (laughs) Don't you do it. I, I saw it in some of your eyes. What I'm getting to is this, the preachers would preach and the people responded to the preaching. And not just for the service, they went out and lived for God. They worked their fields and took care of their cattle and did all that hard work and they raised a godly family. And the thing that was most important to those people in that community was the work of God, the house of God, the things of God. Now we're so busy with so much else. We're so full of ourselves, what we want. That's what's wrong with marriages today. People want what they want out of the marriage rather than what they bring to the marriage. That's what's wrong with our families today. What we, you know, there's so many, we want so much stuff for our family, we don't have much of a family because it's all related to things rather than relationships. You reap the harvest of what you sow. And he's talking here about the flesh. Let's not sow to the flesh. Let's sow the spiritual things. When you plant corn, back in, in farming days, still today, you reap corn. When you plant green beans, you get green beans back. If you sow love in the home, you're going to reap what? Love. But if your home's nothing but a bunch of arguing and fussing and selfishness, and then that's what you'll reap. Sowing concern will reap concern. At the house of God, when we care about souls, guess what will start happening? Souls will start coming to church and being saved. I want to see souls saved, don't you? We've had a number of additions this year, and that's a blessing, but not so many souls, not so many baptisms. Whatsoever you sow with, that you also reap. Then we'll reap after. You have sown. The Bible says in in Galatians 6 9, and in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Now, think of this. It took 400 years for Israel to escape from Egypt, right? 40 years they wandered in the wilderness before they came out. 15 years, Ahab, to reap the years of the murder of Naboth. Remember what they did? Took his his land. It didn't happen overnight, it took 15 years. David, Solomon, built the temple. You know how long it took for him to get the temple? Over 20 years. Mike Poole was here the other day, again, for the golf outing and preaching. And he said, how's your building program going, Pastor Brown? I said, well, it's pretty slow. I said, we've been doing about 10 years, and we're supposed to do some work this fall. I don't think it'll get done maybe spring. And he said, well, don't get discouraged. He said, it took us a long time. But he said, just keep going, keep, keep praying, keep saving. He was trying to encourage me. And he mentioned, he said, you know, it took a long time for them to get that temple built, but they got it built. Let's not focus on that, but let's keep focused. And thinking about spiritual things, listen, it takes a lot of giving and praying and planning and hoping and working and staying at it. And God's blessing in a home, in a marriage, in a church, and a... In a business any endeavor that Christian people get in it takes time and you can't quit You can't, you can't let up you got to keep the vision you got to keep going whatever it's worth the labor it's worth the sowing but if you don't sow you won't, won't reap So we can't sit by idle Someone says, well boy our church is sh- we got a good church now wait a minute we got a good church there's a lot of said in that I'm glad a lot of people say, we got a good church, but what are you doing to make it a good church? Right. I remember years ago, Brother Hector was in business, my good buddy, and the reason why Hector's my good buddy is he makes me laugh. I just look at that guy sometimes and I can't help it, I just laugh. And he makes me laugh. He said a, some things in his life that have really spoke to my heart many times. and. Uh, I remember one time him speaking about the home and prayer and, and uh, boy, it really touched my heart. And Brother Hector's worked hard. He's always pastored churches that couldn't really afford to put him on full time. But, you know, he never quit. He kept laboring and working at it. And I like that not quitting spirit about him. But, uh, you know, all these years he's labored and he's worked. But he never quit. He stayed at it. I like to be around people like that because they cause me not to quit and go on. Keep focused. Amen. Sometimes in life you feel like you're not getting much accomplished, but just look back and see what the Lord has done and rejoice in that. But never, never give up, never quit. But um, sowing the gospel it takes a long time. I wrote down here this week, reminded, it took me over 17 years to see my dad saved. Praying, witnessing, begging, crying, enduring scoldings and rebukes. And, but boy, when dad got saved, I was so happy. That was harvest day. It took a long time. Some of you, bless your heart, you've been trying to see your family saved. Don't give up. Harvest day is coming. But you got to keep sowing, you got to keep you got to keep laboring, you got to keep praying. You want your children to grow up and love God, well then that's you're in the you're in the sowing part, you're in the laboring part. The family devotions, the family prayer, the being the example, the uh, you know, teaching them character and teaching them integrity and all. That's that's hard. Homeschooling's tough years. But there'll be a product. There'll be a harvest one day. You'll be so glad you did. Seeing people you know and love come to know the Lord. Amen. First Samuel 22, uh, chapter 12, verse 23. Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord and ceasing to pray for you. That verse has always spoken to my heart. Have you ceased praying for those you love most and caring about them? Several years to sow for your family, begging God for something to happen, begging God for some of them to get right. In some of your hearts this morning, you're thinking of situations, I don't know if this will ever get right. Well, you don't quit praying and you don't quit, quit laboring and waiting God for the harvest. And when it comes, there'll be so much rejoicing. You'll be so glad. I promise you, you'll be so glad. I remember years ago in church, There's a song that was sung, and one of the verses of the song said that, uh, talking about mother getting saved. And those are the years when my mother wasn't saved. And there were years where I couldn't even get my parents to let me talk to them anymore about the gospel. And I used to be so sad when they picked that song, Tom, and I think it was the third verse of that song, talked about mother getting saved. And I'd always be sad when I, we got another song we sing around here, It's, it's real encouraging, it talks about life's not even worth living. I mean, the one I'm talking about, I think, man, don't, 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 don't sing that verse anymore. It's so depressing, you know. But some of these songs are not as uplifting, but they have truths in them. I remember thinking, if my mom don't get saved, she's going to go to hell. And I remember thinking, man, I don't know if dad's ever going to get saved. But after years and years and years, mom got saved, dad got saved. I had a brother not right with God for years, and it almost took 30 years for him to get right with God. He calls me just about every week now, telling me what's happening in that church and what he did, and there were years I thought he'd never get right with God. And there's some of you, you got loved ones, you're saying, well, what about my children that have wandered away? What a-? Listen, you cannot reap if you don't sow. And in due season, you will reap if you sow. It's the law of the harvest. Yeah. And we've, we have we've, um, forgot about all the work it takes to bring in a harvest. But you have to keep working. I would watch those farmers when I pastored in Indiana. I, I would see them out there in the fields. And, and some of them went to my church. And you know, I had some people that I used to try to get in church a lot, and, and they were honest with me. Some of them didn't come that often because they were dairy farmers. And they had to milk those cows. I had one family in my church the farmer would pay people so he could come to church. Now that's dedication. But a lot of them would only come occasionally because they couldn't. They had to milk those f- cows at a certain time and I didn't really realize it until I went and saw the cows. I pastored some guys that had, they had chicken farms. They raised chicken for Tyson Foods. Man, you walk into this building about as big as this, and they'd have thousands of chickens everywhere. And the seed came in at a certain time. They, they worked that. They worked that. And for somebody to come to church and be faithful on top of that, I was amazed by it. The dedication and the labor that they put in. Then they come to the house of God and worship God. What a blessing. But some of them, they just had, had work to do. But then they'd reap their harvest of labor. You know, you know what's the saddest thing I've ever seen? ever been to a boneless chicken farm? everybody been, ever been to a chicken farm before? And nobody's been to a boneless chicken farm? It's the saddest thing, they just sit there. They don't have any bones. Anyway, you'll get that in a minute. But I would go and see these fields. I'd see these farmers. And listen, some of the farmers that were in our church, they'd be up like at 4 o'clock in the morning. And they'd get in those fields, and they'd stay in those fields. And listen, sowing season was the same way. You'd see them out there, and there'd be big lights on their machinery, and they would work way into the night harvest time, they'd be out there. I would notice that rains would come and storms would come and and sometimes they couldn't get the crop in and it would it would spoil out in the field because they just couldn't get their machinery in there. They worked lots of long hours and when they weren't working the fields they were always working on their equipment and I could go to see them if they missed and I'd be over there and they'd be fixing this and they'd be fixing that and And then same time, they'd get to church. I had so much respect for them, the more I saw the labor they put in. But you know what? They were successful in their endeavor because they labored and then they reaped the harvest. What makes us think that we're going to just bring in a harvest by sitting on our do-nothings? And by just saying, well, let somebody else do it. That's not how churches grow. That's not how the gospel gets in. That's not how souls come to know the Lord. We need to sow according to what God says. Money given to missions will end up with the souls harvested. Got a call this week from Daniel again. Dad, pray for us. Our building is too small. Well, they just got that building. But you know what's happening? Souls are coming. Don't know what to do. Dad, don't know what to do. I got to have a bigger building. And I found the perfect building, Dad. It's about two blocks over on the main street. It's what I've always wanted. It's got two bathrooms, <laughs> and he says it's got rooms for people to meet in. It's got an assembly room, and we can still, you know, have the young persons ministry. But he said, Dad, we're we're just coming up a little short, and I I, I want to step out in faith. But he said, you know, I want to be responsible now. You all have a part in that. But sure as the world they'll get another building and they'll fill that up. And you know what'll it'll cause more building. And I'm thinking, oh Lord, I wish we could see that. I'm a little jealous. But you see the reason why that's happening? Labor's getting done. Now we need to get back to laboring, all praying, and all begging God, and all weeping, and all fasting, and putting in our part, and God will bring the harvest. The harvest is ready, Jesus said. Say ye not that yet four months then cometh harvest? Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes. The fields, for they are white on the harvest. All around us, our lost people, folks, all around us. But sometimes we don't reap a harvest because we never sow a track. We never speak to people because we are so busy in our lives. Fields are white unto harvest. Everybody, somebody might say, well preacher, nobody wants to hear it anymore. Nobody wants to come to church. I tried to invite somebody uh, to Sunday school campaign, preacher, nobody wants to come. So I didn't, I didn't do it this time because last time nobody came. Well, that's not going to reap a harvest. You got to keep sowing. You got to keep asking. A recent Gallup poll: six million people were asked this question. What would it take for you to go to church? Good question. Someone answered this: just ask me. That was the response. What would it take for someone to go to church? For them just to ask me. You know, we don't think about sometimes the people that we live right around. They may go to church if we just ask them. But sometimes we don't even ask them. But you know who's asking them? Jehovah Witnesses and the Mormons. How do you think they're building all those kingdoms halls? Somebody's asking them. Amen? they're taking a Biblical principle and applying it in their own lives. And they're reaping their harvest. The harvest is ready. The harvest is rich. Jesus said, saith to the disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the labor is few." That word plenteous means many, large, great. Uh, it's not an easy work, but it's a work that pays off. Plenteous. The harvest is priceless. It's precious. The Bible said that he was moved with compassion on them, for they needed a shepherd. The harvest could perish if it wasn't gathered in. Again, as I pastored there in Indiana, I would see sometimes the frustration in some of the farmers in our church because no matter what they did and how many they hired, they couldn't get in their fields because they were just so muddy. and They couldn't get them in and they couldn't get them out, the tractors and uh, equipment. I was reading about another question, not only what would it take to get people to church and they said, just ask me, here's another one. They asked the question, how did you come to know the Lord? They asked these people. We'd go around the room and say, hey, how did you come to know the Lord? And How did you come to know the Lord? And uh, here are the options that were given them less than 1% said it was tv or a crusade. Now people get saved from that, but less than 1%. 1 to 2% cold turkey evangelism, just going out there and talking to people. 2 to 4% church programs, like we have programs, Sunday school campaigns, so forth. Said 2 to 4%. Here's how did they come to know the Lord? 3 to 6% of the people said through Sunday school. That's good. 3 to 6%. 4 to 6% walk-ins. People just show up. 6 to 8%. I thought it would be higher, but it said the minister or pastor's work. Going out and trying to get people in. 6 to 8%. Listen to this figure. How did you come to know the Lord? Friends and relatives. 74%. Most people come to know the Lord. And this... Through family and friends caring about him. That's right. Wow. When I read that, I thought, "My goodness, we just had Friend Day. Anybody try to get a friend? It's hard. You know why? We don't want our friends to say no. We don't want to feel foolish. We don't want to feel rejection. I think sometimes it's just we get so busy. But again, let's bring us back to the thought. And I'm about wrapping up. You cannot sow a harvest. You cannot reap a harvest, excuse me, without sowing first. There's got to be labor. The harvest is not going to come in by itself. It takes laborers. Go to Matthew chapter 10. we'll wrap up today. Old-fashioned day, thinking about the harvest, this church and its ministry, people are needed for harvest. You and I are needed for souls, all of us collectively. Matthew chapter 10 in verse 1, and when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he began, he gave them power uh, against unclean spirits and to cast them out and to heal all manner of sick and all manner of disease. Verse 2, now the names of the 12 apostles are these, the first Simon, who is called Peter. Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the publican, James the son of Alphaeus, and Labias whose surname is Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot who also betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, go not into the highway of the Gentiles, And into the city of the Samaritans, enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, "The kingdom of heaven is at hand." Now, this is the Lord was dealing with His own disciples, who were Jewish. And here was He said, "Go to your own people." And that notice, it's the word command, wasn't a suggestion. Now we're Gentiles, folks. Guess who we ought to be going after? other Gentiles. Other people that we know to come to know the Lord. So pray for the harvest the scripture tells us. Have interest in the harvest the scripture tells us. Today on old fashion day, old fashioned theme, farming, harvesting, I want to encourage all of us and it starts right here to all of us. We got to get into the field and do some labor spiritually speaking in order to gain spiritual benefit. Everything, Dr. Lee Robertson used to say this, everything rises and falls on leadership. So you know what I want to say right now to Parkview Baptist Church? I'm sorry. I should be a better leader. I told my wife the other day, God woke me up. God started speaking to me about the growth of the church and the commitment to souls and Hmm. I said, I I ought to be doing better. So I'm rededicating myself. And I want to encourage you to join me. I got a text the other day that bothered me all this week, kind of brought me to this thought. I got a text from Steve Everett. I texted Steve and I just kind kind of assumed. I mean, even made announcements about it. I said, well, we've had some visitors in our Campaign, and I said, You know, we got, we got friend day coming up, and, and I said, We got uh, old fashioned day coming up. We've had some friends, and it was the purpose to try to get some people under the gospel. Boy, if we could just do that. So I said to Steve, I said, You know, when the campaign's over next week, I want you to get up on the first Sunday of October, and I want you to give a report of the campaign. And I got a text a little while later from Steve, and he said, Pastor, I'll do that if you want me to. But he said, uh, there's really not much to report. And the text said, we've had three visitors that I know of. And he said, my wife and I have invited them. Oh boy, that hit me like a ton of bricks. And I started thinking, I've invited people but they haven't come. But I got to thinking, I wonder if anybody else has tried. And I thought, those words that Steve texted me back, I wasn't sure. You know, texting is is dangerous because you can't always tell exactly what those words mean. But it kind of felt that it was a little discouraging to him that we had three weeks of a campaign and we've only had three visitors. And it made me search my heart and say, okay. I know I invited this one, this one, this one, and this one. But you know what? i got to go back again. Yesterday I went some visits. Yesterday I sent some notes out. Anybody get a note from pastor for class through a text? Okay, some of you, raise your hand. You know what? We're going to have to labor and sow if we're going to reap. But I want to say this, I imagine there's been lots of times where Jeremiah has come, I know I have, come to a Saturday morning or come to a Thursday night and nobody shows. And you get discouraged. And I know you folks are busy, I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh boy, I know. But church, Old-fashioned Christianity has never been easy. It's working on top of schedules and busy lives to get the job done. So on old-fashioned day, I have an old-fashioned message for. It might not be the one you wanted to hear, but the only way you and I are going to see a harvest is to get in the field, start caring again, start weeping again, start believing again. Don't lose our vision. You want to see God bless your marriage, it's going to take some labor. Your home, labor. Your children, labor. Your church, labor. Friendships, labor. And if we're not careful, we'll get content. And when we get content, then we see churches dwindle away. I don't want to see that happen. Let's bow our heads if we would this morning. I want to challenge you as a parent don't give up on your children. I want to challenge you as a husband or a wife don't give up on your marriage. I want to challenge you as a loved one that has lost people in your life and on your heart don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. You'll never gain the harvest if you stop reaping. If you stop sowing. Church member, how invested are you in God's work like you used to be, like you should be? It takes labor, it takes effort, it takes sacrifice. Let's all um, get humble before God. And I just want to say, as pastor, I'm going to do my, my best to do more than I've done and not just use schedule as an excuse. Father I pray that you might speak to us on this old fashioned Sunday help us Lord to take these verses seriously Lord we want to see souls for uh, for whom you died but Lord souls will come through labor and Lord I don't know where everyone's at today maybe some are right with thee maybe some are just not wanting to think about it much I don't, I don't know but Lord please address us and arrest our hearts and convict us Lord of complacency and I pray God that you'd help us to get involved in bringing in your harvest and I pray this in Jesus name amen let's stand our feet brother Tom 636 636 636 and please reevaluate the harvest in your life The, the field that God has put you in people that are in your life and I know God will give you the same conclusion. we got to do more. We've got to do better. Okay?